we've got Mike Swinburne sharing this morning. So let's just pray. Pray for Mike, but also for us that we just be open and responsive to. Father, we just thank you for uh, our time together and time worshipping together, but also time around your word. Lord, we just thank you for what Mike carries, what you've placed in his heart. And Lord, we just want to be open hearted to what you're going to speak to us through him today in Jesus name. Amen. Good morning. All right. Um, This morning we are continuing the theme of uh, the potter's hand, which Adrian's been speaking on for the last uh, few weeks. Um, For those of us that were asleep or not here, um, (laughs) he talked about God being the master craftsman. And last week, I wasn't here, but I did listen to his podcast yesterday. And um, he talked about placing our lives in the, the center of the potter's wheel in, or in God's will, if you like. So we're just kind of continuing that theme this morning. Is that, that all right with everyone? Yeah. yeah? Happy with that? Good, because I haven't got anything else pl- prepared. So, um, so there we go. So I was thinking during the week about how to approach this, um, being shaped or, or molded, if you like, um, thinking of the potter. Um, by the hands of God and, and what this could mean for us, uh, you know, how we can approach it and think about it. So I came up with, because we're in church, came up with three points. Um, so we will be using three. I know G, uh, Jordan broke the mold and used four the other week. There we go. Um, the mold breaker. But um, I've kind of got three that we're going to sort of <laughs> look at and hopefully they'll, uh, they'll make some sense to us this morning. If not, just ignore it and yeah, um, there we go. We'll move along. So being shaped by the hands of God. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to turn to this, if you don't, it doesn't matter. You can jot them down, look at them later. I have got them on the screen. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of different things. So my first point We're going to take from a couple of verses in Proverbs. The first one being chapter 4 and verse 7. It's not very clear on there, is it? uh, It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Our second... uh, Verses from Proverbs are in chapter 9, and we're looking at verses 9 and 10, which say, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the first thing we're going to look at is um, remain teachable. Okay, if we, we want to be shaped by, by God and, and, uh, and by his hands, then we need to remain teachable. This is something that I've often struggled with over the years. Um, uh, <laughs> nobody likes to know it all. And to be honest with you, from time to time, I've been a bit of a know-it-all when it's come to certain things in life. And uh, I, will, I will admit that. I'm not proud of it or anything. But uh, um, it's not until I've... Uh, matured in years that I've realized I don't know a lot, <laughs> as, or as much as I think I did. Um, so remain teachable, or the subheading, boy, do I have a lot to learn. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, I took up guitar lessons. Um, I've been playing for an awful, awful long time, and I thought I'd got a lot of my, my musical abilities together. You know, I've played in church for years and all this sort of stuff. Kind of figured, you know, all you really need is three chords and the truth, you know, to, to make a song. And that's, 
there, there's some, there is some truth in that, you know. Uh, lots of people have made careers out of it. But um, chatting to other musicians and uh, playing at certain events, I started to realize I don't know anywhere as much as I thought I did about this thing called music. I've, to be quite honest with you, I, I suffered from what I was later told was imposter syndrome. Um, and it is that I am... <laughs> A musician that thinks he knows everything actually doesn't know anything, and I've kind of blagged my way through any sort of musical career. So I kind of set out and made it a bit of a challenge to myself to, to actually go and study, to go and learn, and to, and to dig deeper into this sort of thing. So I, I was put onto a, a great, great musician um, and teacher who I've been studying with for two years, and I remember sort of turning up and uh, he sort of I don't know if any of you have been to music lessons before. I've, 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 tried, I've tried from time to time. And this is where the, um, <laughs> the kind of the know-it-all thing kicked in. I, I sit there with the guy for half an hour, just say, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to learn. Teach me something. And they just say, well, have you brought a CD? You know, I'll teach you to play a song. I just think, well, I can do that. I can go home, look on the internet, tap, you know, tap in a song and go, and go and study it myself. I don't need you. So I've kind of dropped that. I was put on somebody else, this, this, this teacher that I'm currently studying with, and uh, he sort of said, you know, what are you listening to at the minute? So I said, blues. I thought, you know, that's all you need, three chords and the truth, or, you know, three chords and a moan about your missus or something, um, is, it, is, it, is in the blues world. That's it. If you go listen to blues music, that is pretty much it. Um, and we, we started to play, and very quickly, I went from, my ego went from this to about that. You know, I realized I'd really do not know very much about what I'm talking about. So he, he handed me a book by a guy uh, called Victor Wooten, who is there. He's, a, he's an amazing bass player. And this guy kind of, it was interesting reading this book because it was quite similar to, to how I was feeling at the time. He was a guy that, uh, he's grown up in Nashville from a musical family. He was, you know, he's already kind of arrived, if you like. He, 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 he worked in the industry. Um, and he met somebody that, that said, oh, I'm going to teach you some things about music, and kind of similar, you know, to me. He just thought, oh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm cruising along. I'm, I'm going through, you know, my career, and I can play, and I can play well. You know, he knew this. And spending a few weeks with this, uh, this guy that came into his life, he realized, boy, do I have an awful lot to learn. And one of the, the, what I'm kind of trying to get at a little bit here is one of the simplest yet most powerful ways to remain teachable is to humble yourself. Don't have anyone do it for you because it's soul-destroying. The minute that you sit in front of somebody thinking that you know everything and they talk to you and you realize, I really don't know very much. The Bible tells you to humble yourself. There is a reason for this. It is to take yourself aside, maybe have a word with yourself if necessary, and bring yourself into the realization that you probably don't have it all sussed out, that you, you, know, you do have a lot to learn. But that's okay. I'm not trying to crush anyone's spirits here this morning. It's actually quite all right to, to not have it all figured out because God does. Okay, the master craftsman, he's got everything in his hands. It's all in control. He knows exactly what he's doing. And it's actually all right for us to not know. But what we need to do then is go and be teachable, go and learn from somebody that is better than us. That is why I go to music lessons with this guy. He is far better than I will ever be. Hopefully, I'll get somewhere close. But the same with God. He's got everything 
everything worked out. He knows the beginning from the end. He's got it all figured and planned. And all we need to do is remain humble and teachable and approach him and say, teach me, God. Teach me your ways. Give me wisdom. And in my wisdom, give me understanding. And, uh, and I guarantee you'll grow and he'll mold you and he'll shape you if you let him. But for that, in order for that to happen, we need to kind of take that step back and say, do you know what? I haven't got this all figured out. I'm trying my best to be a follower of Jesus. I'm trying my best to be a Christian. Do you know what? I get it wrong. Sometimes I get it wrong quite a lot. But that's okay because with God, there is grace and there's forgiveness. He's a good and loving God. And he'll teach us. He'll teach us. You know, in our failure, he'll show us. This is where you went wrong and I'll bring you on from that. Like I say, I'm a bit of a slowdown. I went through school desperate to get out. I hated it. If if I'm completely honest, I I really didn't enjoy education at all. Um, I'm not proud of it, but I chose... Everyone kind of goes through that little rebellion stage. I'm hoping you do, otherwise it was just me. And um, I decided to do this on day one of secondary school. I was sent to an amazing school, and I I, I do see why my parents sent me there, but it was the other side of Nottingham, and I kind of made my mind up on day one that I don't want to learn, don't want to do this, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to sort of get through the next five five years of my life, and so I kind of stayed that um, uh, middle of the road guy, if you like, you know, I just, uh, I I just thought I'll cruise, I'll, I'll get through it, start to finish, and do you know what, nowadays, I kick myself, I kick myself quite often because I just think the amount of years that I've wasted that I could have spent learning and studying and developing and, and getting better at things. And, um, and it's frustrating. You know, it is frustrating. The thing that's kind of getting me through these days is that I realize there is still plenty of time. There is still plenty of time. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of finding this non more so with God. The, the more that I learn and I study about him, the more vast he, I realize that he actually is. You see, the more, the more knowledge that I'm starting to pick up of him, um, the more that I learn, actually, I don't know that much about God. Um, and that kind of, it's one of those things that boggles your mind. It's like trying to think of eternity, you know, forever. It's, it hurts your head. Try it, not now, when you go home. And I guarantee you'll have a headache in 20 minutes if you get that far, you know. But the more wisdom that's imparted, the more that I take in from listening to, to people that speak in church, in podcasts and things like this, the more kind of foolish I feel. And I understand that I don't understand a lot. But this is one of those things that I think that we should take as being really exciting, it's one of these things that we should look at and get excited about. And I think it is. We have the opportunity to get to know, if only in part, the creator of the universe. And we have our entire lifetime to do it. And believe me, that's not going to be long enough. It's never going to be long enough. Um, the, the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 40, verse 28, tells us that his understanding is unsearchable. But I tell you what, it's, it's fun having a go. It's fun and it's exciting and it's brilliant trying to, to learn it. You see, remaining teachable, it's, it's as much about the journey as it is the destination. Okay, at, at some point, 
I'm going to heaven. I know that. I know that in my heart. I know it in my head. It's where I want to be. And, and I'm excited by that. But I want to spend the time that I've got in between that, you know, birth and, and the ever after, studying and gaining knowledge and learning about my God because he is great. And I want him to shape my life. I want him to make me the best version of myself that I possibly can be. Not just for me, but for his glory as well. And I don't know about you, but I, I do find that exciting. I think it's great that, that I get to journey this with, with the creator of heaven and earth. You see, I want to be more like Jesus and know God. Two things that I'm never ultimately going to achieve until I, until I get that, to, that, to that end goal, if you like, to that end date when, when I go into glory with him. But if you can take it for what it, what it is, it's the relationship and it's the, uh, between yourself and the master craftsman um, whereby remaining teachable, you get to be shaped and molded by the hands of God. You know, so it's remaining teachable. It's remaining open to what he's got for us, what he's going to say to us, whether it be in church, podcast, whatever it is, you know, reading the Bible and things. So I want to encourage us all this morning to, to remain teachable, be open to what he's got to say to, to you and me, and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let him just wash over you. Yet let him shape you. Let him mold you. Okay, so remain teachable. Point number two that I'm going to get at um, is submit to God. Okay, so we're going to have a quick look at uh, uh, the book of James chapter 4. It's a little bit of a long one. Um, I'll put 1 to 10, but I don't think I'm starting from 1 to 10. Just follow along. Okay, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? I think it's verse 7, actually. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Submission these days is it's a, it's a bit of a funny word. It's one of these words that I think it can be taken as like a little bit of a dirty word in society. People don't like that. We don't like the idea of bowing down to anything. We want to be our own person. We don't like to submit to authority anymore. Um, I've had that recently at work. We've taken a lot of um, new employees, and the rotation sometimes can be quite quite quick because you realise that um, the way that uh, it, I am generalizing a little bit here, but where a lot of kids come into the work system is that I don't have to submit to authority. I don't have to do it at school because I know my rights and what I'm allowed to do and get away with. So I'm going to take that into the workplace, which very quickly ends up in a dismissal, get out the door, because if you're not going to submit to my authority, you're not going to work here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm kind of seeing that a lot in society these days. And it really actually makes me quite sad. Um, I... Maybe, maybe it's because of the household that I grew up in, but I was always fearful of my dad. Um, I'm bigger than him now, so maybe not so much, but I'm still a little bit, I still watch my cheekiness around him because as he keeps telling me, you're not too big for a clip around the ear roll, and he can reach. I've tried it. Um, <laughs> but even now, you know, if my dad tells me to jump, I'd probably still go, how high? <laughs> you know, um, but the, 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 
you, you don't have to look far. Just go through social media, the way that things are portrayed in the telly, media, and all that sort of stuff, and you realize that authority kind of isn't what it used to be. People don't like to submit. They don't like to bow down uh, to the way it is. We want to be different. We want to be individual and use whatever rights we think that we have to freedom of speech, regardless of whoever that may offend, um, because we're allowed to say what we want, um, because we're unique and have, you know, all this freedom that we think is God-given because he gave us free will and all this sort of stuff. And we've kind of twisted a lot of things into saying, actually, I can do whatever I want, and it doesn't matter who I offend because I'm allowed that freedom of speech. You know, and it's, the whole thing's just gone, turned into this, what I can see anyway, into this chaotic mess. You know, we don't have to conform anymore, and there's no way that we will ever submit. Fight the man, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of one of these things that you hear a lot. But here is the problem with this. God wants us to submit to him and to his ways. Why? Because it's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for you. And he can, if you let him, shape you and mold you into the best person that you can be. Like I've just said, you know, being teachable, but also being submissive to God. The two things that I believe, and I want to share this morning, that are really important. You see, God loves you. And my, like I say, as I was growing up, I know that my parents loved me. I knew they loved me. And I knew that whenever they, you know, uh, held their authority over me, it was for my own good. You know, I may not have felt like that. It may have hurt sometimes. It may have even made me cry. Um, But the reason that they did it was because they love me. They don't want harm to come to me. And they want me to grow up to be the best person that I can be, you know? And it's the same with God. He's got the best intentions for for you and for your life. He chose to put you on this planet with all its wonders, its beauty, both in and on the earth, in the majesty and splendor of the universe and everything that he created. Uh, God, if you will, he's... uh, the, 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 the master artist. So, you know, we need to submit to God. Be a pliable lump. Okay? Um, be a pliable lump. He's put us in this work of art called the earth, which, you know, is there for us to, to enjoy and to, and to wonder at. But in all of that, God loves you more you know, than the creations. I, I look at creation and sometimes, and me and um, Lacey was sat outside the other night looking for the, uh, the International Space Station flying over. We've got a little out. We're, we're nerds. And, um, you know, I kind of woke her up and we, we were having a look and we were looking at the stars and the moon and stuff like this. And it's, it doesn't take very long before I'm just thinking, my goodness, isn't God good? You know, he's, he's given me this to enjoy and to look at and, and be nerdy with with my daughter. It blows my mind, you know, that, that he want, you know, he's done it for us to enjoy. And to, but in all of that creation, God loves me and you more. That, that's just incredible. You are his best work of art. And he wants to mold you and shape you for, because he loves you out of his love and for, for his glory. You know, we can try as, as hard as we want to be different and unique, but let me tell you a secret. It's all been done before. There is only one person that has ever created anything from nothing, and that was God. He did it. Everything else is, you know, it's just a a mimic or, you know, a different version of what went before. Um, 
I kind of looked for, for a little bit of inspiration for this, and uh, the first person that I kind of found uh, was uh, Picasso, there he is, or a version of him by himself. And he, he said, this is a great artist that said, art is theft. He knew it, you know. Um, somebody else, David Bowie, big fan of Bowie. I understand that not everybody is, but uh, there we go. He said, the only art that I'll ever study is the stuff that I can steal from. Uh, I may say this wrong. William Ralph Ng, this guy, uh, he, he asked the, the question, what is originality? And then he answered it himself and said, it's undetected plagiarism. And you can go straight, whoops, straight to the, the source itself, the, the Bible and the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom literature, if you like, says, in 1 verse 9, says, there is nothing new underneath the sun. Adrian says that a lot. And there's a reason that he says it a lot. It's because it's true. Um, there is nothing new underneath the sun. We can be shaped by all sorts of stuff, um, by some things, some ones, and circumstances. And it's almost impossible to not have that stuff kind of change you or shape your life in some sort of way. But it's the who's and the what's that we let ourselves be influenced by um, that can add or take from who we are. So there's choice in this, okay? It's, it's, there is a choice. Who, who are you going to let you shape you? You know, who are you going to let influence you? And so if we're choosing to believe in God and proclaiming to follow Jesus, then we not only need to remain teachable to him, we also need to remain submissive to his ways, his will and what he taught us to do. You see, if you're following Jesus and, um, and you want to be a disciple, um, that's the sum of it. It's not only to follow in his footsteps or, and actions, it's to imitate them. It's to unashamedly plagiarize him. Get into the word of God. Get into what it is that Jesus says and that who he is and how he lived and what he did on this earth and copy it. Okay, there's no, you're not going to get sued. There's no lawsuit. He's not Ed Sheeran, okay? Um, you, you, you're fine. You, you'll be okay copying Jesus. He's not going to come down hard on you for it. He wants you to do that. His son is the best example that you could ever have and take from. So plagiarize him. Let his ways shape who you are. Submit to his authority and teachings for your own good and for your glory and for everybody else's good. Because you see, when people see a good thing, they want to copy it. Whether they like to admit it or not, okay, those, those people that say, I'm unique, I'm different, they, they're copying somebody. They are. They've seen it before, and they've thought, that's good, I'm going to pinch that. Not everyone else is doing it. But um, we did some market research at work, and they, and they were telling us about, we were looking at this in the, the term of haircuts. You put these haircuts out in your shop window, the big posters that we have. It takes six months for anyone to go, that looks all right, actually. First of all, everyone hates it, but one person will have it. And all you need then is a celebrity to have it, and everyone jumps on it. Okay, and it's kind of likening that a little bit to, to Jesus, okay? The more you turn your life into an imitation of his, the more people are going to see how good it is and how good he is and you are. And people are going to latch on to that. We want to copy good things. We want to... You know, somebody's got something good, you want it. You want to jump on it. And I'd say it's the only time that you're all right to, to covet something, you know, is to, is to like that. Surround yourself by people that are better than you. Again, it's remaining teachable. 
you know, find people that seem further on in their journey than God than you and, and get into their, their friendship circle. Get into their, you know, let them teach you things and stuff. You know, go to home groups and things like that because there is always somebody that knows that little bit more. Learn from them. Take everything that you can and just, and just let, let God shape who you are. We're going to jump on from this um, to the next kind of point and our last point. We're going to look at um, what I think is one of the best changes um, in the Bible, or for me it is anyway. Uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 9, excuse me, verses uh, 17 to 22. So this is, uh, we're kind of following on from when uh, Saul is on the, the, the road to Damascus. God uh, takes his sight in a, in a light and, and speaks directly to him. And um, a man called Ananias is going is to... Uh, kind of take him on in his next steps, if you like. Um, so reading from verse 17, he says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, that is Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road um, as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. I, personally speaking, I think this is one of the most amazing um, stories of conversion that you, you can ever see. Here's a man that he knew his Bible. He knew it. Probably inside and out, probably better than any of us here will. He knew the word of God, but he didn't know God. He didn't know Jesus. And in this conversion, I just find this amazing that, that, that God, Jesus, steps in and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm going to get at. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. And because that happened, his life is changed. It's flipped upside down. And he's probably, from what we're aware reading the Bible, the most influential person to have kick-started Christianity, if you like, to got it going. So... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask the question, are you crusty or are you moist? Um, have you ever done clay work? I don't know if you ever have. We used to do it in art at school and um, it's hard. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to, to do to, to make it look right. I don't know if you've ever sat with a, like a, a potter's wheel. I remember doing that when I was a kid and uh, just making a mess. You know, it was one of those things. It was a bit laughable. And... Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to make something pretty out of clay. It always just, it, it just looks like a, a lump by the end of it, regardless of, what, you know. I, I, I remember once trying to make a, a delicate vase. It kind of looked like a six-inch soup bowl by the time I'd finished it. It was large, it was ugly, and it kind of got binned quite quickly. You see, clay work, um, it's difficult, and it requires skilled hands to do it. God has the best hands in the business, he has the best hands in the business. So when it comes to placing our lives on the potter's wheel, 
as Adrian talked about, in the hands of the master craftsman, then we need to make sure he's got something good to work with. If you put dry clay on there, you're not going to get very far with it. It's just going to fly off the wheel, crack, break, you know. So what we need to do is add a little bit of water. Have you ever seen that? Clay's always quite wet. I'm not sure about all the measurements and all that sort of stuff that you need, but it helps. This is where I sound really learned. It helps it keep its plasticity uh, so it can be shaped and molded. So kind of similarly, we need to be damp or moist. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A dry vessel isn't going to get very far, but if you are filled with the Spirit, you know, as, as Jesus spoke, he, he talked about himself being living water. You know, if you want to, that's kind of the analogy we're coming from. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, it keeps us supple. It keeps us able to, being able to be shaped. It keeps us pliable. When clay starts to dry, it hardens. You, you can no longer bend and shape it to the way that you would like. As we spend, if we spend less time with Jesus, less time reading the Bible, getting into his word, less time with Christians, less time in church. I don't care who you are, people, I've heard it said a lot, you know, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Yeah, you do. Right, there's, that's, that's kind of the bottom line. You do, you need this stuff because it's good for your soul and it's good for your spirit and it keeps you pliable. The less we do those things, the less that we study, the less that we talk to, to God. We become stale, we can become hard, we can become stagnant and stubborn and stuck in our ways. And I, th- I dare to say God's going to have a hard time using you at that point. That's kind of like it was with Saul. He was very learned. He knew his, his head knowledge, but there was not a lot in his heart with the way that that was. It, was. it was kind of religion without God, if you like. But by keeping moisture inside ourselves, by keeping the spirit inside us, keeping the moisture in the clay, and as kind of that demonstration with Saul being filled with the spirit, all of a sudden he becomes pliable, he becomes becomes able, able to be used by God. And he did immediately. He said in that passage, immediately went out and proved that Jesus was the Christ. That's amazing. So the more that we study the word of God, the more that we talk to him, the more that we fellowship, we spend time worshiping and doing those things, the more pliable we get to stay. And God can start to use us more and more for his glory. He can turn that lump, that that ugly lump into something of true beauty. When we were lost to God, our hearts were much like that lump of clay, you know, a bit misshapen, a bit lifeless, if you like. But as we turn to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit fills our being, all of the potential is unlocked. You see, in that clay, there is so much potential. It may look a little bit like nothing, but God sees, the, 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 the craftsman, sorry, sees the potential in it. He knows full well that he can take that and turn it into something beautiful, something that, that is valuable. And that is the same with us. God can take what, what little we believe we have, that lump of our lives, if you like, and he can start to shape and mold and turn us into something incredible and of value and of purpose and of use for his glory. Our responsibility in this is to make sure that we don't dry out. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't dry out. I know often in church we talk about um, being constantly refilled with the Holy Spirit. And I've always had a little bit of a problem with that because it almost sounds like we've got to um, tap into God. But you see, it's God that never stops flowing. He never stops being God. He's, he's constant. He's never going to change. It's us. The less that we do, the more we dry out. 
but we can go back to the water of life. We can go back to the Spirit and say, fill me anew, God. Fill me anew and use me. So keeping ourselves teachable, submitting to his will, and by being filled with the Holy Spirit, it allows us to be changed. Um, and I really like the, the way that it's said in, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. It says, And we all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the challenge there, I guess, is, is for us. Are you going to remain teachable? Are you willing to submit yourselves to God? And are you willing to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, those three things. But hopefully there's something there that we can take away this morning and challenge ourselves with. And you see, just to finish, when God starts to shape and mold us, he puts his hallmark on your life. He stamps you. And that is, it's the seal of approval. It's to say, I'm putting my mark on your life because you are valuable, because I love you, because I think you are worth it. And you're my handiwork. We need to let him. That's where it comes in. We need to let him do that. So God, I thank you for um, for hopefully speaking to us this morning. I pray as we go away and uh, we, we enjoy our dinner on our Sunday afternoons, Lord God, that you can uh, maybe speak to us in this, Lord God. Please, Father, would you help us to remain teachable, open to what it is that you've got to, to teach us and show us um, through your Son, Lord God. Father, I pray that we would submit to your authority, Lord God, as we, we journey through life with you, Lord God. Let us realize that it is because you love us that we should submit to you, Lord God, and let you have authority in our lives, Lord God. And I just pray for all of us this morning, Lord God, that we just be filled with your Holy Spirit anew, Lord God. Father, keep us fresh. Keep us being molded and shaped into the people that you want us to be, all for your glory, God. Amen. That's awesome. Thanks, Mike. So much to chew on there. Let's just not remove our thoughts from what Mike shared, because I just think there's so much for us to uh, respond to in terms of our openness to to God and being pliable and moldable in his hands. And I love what Mike said there, that, that even though we can be lumps of clay, God just sees the value in the lump there, doesn't he? However we've come this morning, God still sees a value in us. When we're far from God, he still sees a value in us. And that's beautiful, isn't it? Let me invite you to stand to your feet if you can. And I just think we've got this opportunity before we head off and have our dinner or collect the kids and do whatever we do this afternoon, walk the dog and watch a film, fall asleep. We've got this opportunity now. We've got this opportunity now just to be open to God. And maybe we just feel completely dry in of ourselves. But we've got this time now to just, whether it's reconnect or submit into God, as, as Mike shared, just to allow his Holy Spirit to fill us once again. And just as we stand, just as we worship together, let me just pray again for us and maybe something fresh of the Holy Spirit released into our hearts and lives. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for that incredible word. It's a powerful thing for us to submit our will to your will. It's an amazing thing for us to be moldable and teachable. It's an amazing thing for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray that there will be a fresh release of your Holy Spirit moving in our hearts and lives again. For us as a church, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just water those dry areas. In the deepest parts of our hearts that are just dried out, 
I pray that you would come and minister to us through your Holy Spirit. So even in this moment now, this moment of peace, worship, gathered together in your presence, Holy Spirit, would you just come and fill again? Come and fill again. Come on, if that's your heart's desire, I just encourage you, come and fill me again, Lord. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make it your prayer. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take my dryness. Water me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.